0: Hi my name is Stath, I'm here with ex-press officers Will Evans and Tom Bedell, I also used to work at The Hive and uh, this isn't really going to become a a podcast on a regular basis but we thought we'd preview the Barnet season, uh, well just before the season kicks off. Um, I'll start with you Will, just literally because you're top of my Skype list. Um, You are the more optimistic, I'd actually say you're optimistic, Tom is neutral and I'm the pessimistic fan. So I'll start with you, Wilkins it's all positive. What do you think of this season?
1: Um, well, I suppose I was a little, little bit more optimistic before the Concord Rangers friendly, which was a bit of a, you know, a bit of a poor performance, I suppose. But overall, I just think pre-season has been so good. We put in really good performances against Millwall. and West Ham, I know they were you know, a team of youngsters they were playing. And against Swansea as well. So we're obviously doing something right. And I, I don't see any reason why the, the team can't at least finish in the top half, if not push for the playoffs but I do think they might need a couple of additions to kind of reach those heights
0: fair enough uh
2: Tom I think uh I think Will's probably kind of echoed my thoughts there uh, despite going first that doesn't really work um yeah I haven't seen as much of pre-season as 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 Will's been able to but from the kind of early games I did see I was pretty encouraged and I think that what Rossi's kind of tried to implement their showing at this stage and that is probably the most important thing that, that as a new coach he's getting his ideas across and I say new coach but obviously uh, you know he's had he's had two spells in it before now so a lot of those players are very used to him which I think is probably actually something that is kind of uh, kind of almost under under reported uh, or, or, or kind of uh, forgotten about a lot of the time but actually he has had two spells and you know this summer, They've uh, they've only signed uh, you know two or three players now, so the, the majority of that squad is used to him, which I think gives me a great deal of optimism. Um, as does the fact that we've now got another kind of uh, you know kind of uh, front line striker in uh, in in So yeah, I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty optimistic. I said to you guys recently I'd put money on them to get in the playoffs. I haven't done it, but I will. I will. <laughs>
0: quick quick note on that one is it cool thirst or cool thirst
2: don't know i went for cool thirst but right. <laughs> <laughs> just committed
0: here early to set the tone
2: yeah that's it very much <laughs> will do you have
0: a pronunciation you want to
2: you want to push i would i would
1: personally have gone with cool thirst but okay. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure the man himself knows what the right answer is
0: <laughs> two one I'm, I'm playing for the win if we just never ask him if we tell aaron to never ask him or put it out there as official pre- uh, like club business we're fine right
2: just call him Shaq. That's, That's easiest for everyone.
0: probably the logical solution that most people would go for, but not this guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> talking of pre-season, let's, should we start with our little road trip?
2: Yeah, it was uh, it was extraordinarily hot, and I'm not a man who operates well in the heat, so I'm very impressed that, <laughs> uh, that 33 footballers uh, in barnet colours managed to do uh, as well as they did, given... I think they only me back in pre-season training for a week at that point. So, as I said, I think at the time it's kind of a glorified kind of open workout, really. Uh, It was almost kind of just like, almost like shadow play, I guess, and kind of like running through match situations, but there was actually a paying um, crowd there as well, kind of thrown into the boat, uh, thrown thrown in as a bonus, but they look really good, and I think, you know, I haven't done my research, but Maidstone didn't do too badly in the National League last season, so they can't. You know, there was less than a division between Barnet and Maidstone, and they made it like a far, far greater gap. And obviously, first game preseason, and that was a long time ago. Now we're talking right at the beginning of July, I think, well, aren't we? Um, it, you know, that was very, very encouraging because they went for the throat from the outset, and they never let go. And obviously, you lose a little bit in those games, particularly when you're playing three different elevens. Um, you lose a bit of the kind of fluidity and what have you but they still kind of had complete control of the game and I don't really recall a save that uh, Jamie Stevens uh, Craig Ross or Kyle McKenzie had to to make in that game so all in all very encouraging with the caveat of course uh, that Michael Nelson got hurt in, in that match and I think I'm right in saying we're still yet to see him back which has got to be a slight concern
0: yeah also i think there's been no uh well nothing official that i've read about his injury the only thing that really sticks to mind was the early um announcement that it wasn't that bad but i think given the silence since it isn't that great
2: yeah and he's pretty extensively documented it on his social media which i always find uh quite amusing for a man of his age that he's such a prolific uh instagram and uh <laughs> snapchatter and, and twitter and so on and so forth first thing we need to do is, is, is send this to
0: him <laughs> tom has come <laughs> no. close to digging you out here nils <laughs> no
2: not at all like, you know as, as, as someone who's old beyond his years i appreciate that he's uh he's he's staying uh, kind of up to date with the kids but uh it didn't look good for a while there did it he was icing it and what have you and kind of keeping it elevated for a little while so hopefully it's not too uh though I should say that those sort of uh, Instagram stories and whatnot have uh, have died down since. So hopefully it isn't it isn't too serious, and we're, and we're getting towards um, uh, him him making a full recovery. Or oh,
0: this is like a massive conspiracy, and uh, he's been told not to post about it anymore.
2: That is what I'd do if I was uh, still at the, the club. I have to say because I don't imagine that Rossi would like that information out there if it is serious I know from previous experience certainly Martin used to and I don't think this is a secret um to anyone but right back to my time covering the club uh, he did used to rather fudge the injury news he'd either <laughs> make, he'd either make and I'm sure Will will attest to this as well but he'd either make up injuries or say everyone was fit when there was someone out long term or you know there was always he never gave you an honest update so I'm sure uh, I'm sure Rossi would like to keep that under his hat as well.
0: will, um tom has has called out Martin Allen for giving inaccurate information. as the press officer at the time. Do you want to uh, confirm or deny these allegations? <laughs>
1: um, I, I think that any smart manager doesn't give away any detail or he doesn't need to ahead of a game. And I think Martin Allen was very good at that. So yeah, you know, why give the opposition the opposition manager more information then, than needs be you know if you keep them guessing that can only be a good thing so i'm sure yeah i'm sure he did get involved in some gamesmanship shall we say when it came to injury news but i don't blame him and i think every manager should do the same thing really
2: i was just gonna add actually uh i think my favorite one i'm sure this is right i'm sure 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 this is right you can check it out online i'm sure if you're that way inclined but prior to uh Barnet beating, um, I've actually forgotten who it is, Blackpool, in the FA Cup uh, in 15-16 in the FA Cup first round, I think it was at the Hive, 2-0. He said to me in the week that Sam Ogleton was definitely, definitely, definitely injured, like 100% not playing, nowhere near it, could not play. And as soon as he said that, I thought, well, I'm not going to print that because he's quite clearly (laughs) going to play on Saturday. (laughs) And lo and behold, I think he started right midfield uh, because it was about the only position he could crowbar him in to use the... uh, the uh, the patented weapon, and uh, I believe one of the goals came came from the weapon from memory. So it, I think he was justified in the long run. I'll give him that one.
0: I think that game was one of my first games working at the club, and I was so out of sorts when I first joined. It was it was nuts, um, and that first string just kind of all blurs together. Um, but I, remember, I vaguely remember Blackpool. Did we not play them like three times in quite short succession with an FA Cup game or something like that? I, I might
1: think, think. I think that might have been Newport's Ah, that was Newport. Ah, uh, yeah, sure. That right. was Newport. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, this is this is why I need you in my life, just to correct all these stupid memory mistakes I make. <laughs> also, Tom, it, you've already mentioned stats and people check like checking the things that you say, and yeah. I feel like I'm the kind of pseudo host of what we're doing here, and I'm I've done no stats and I'm not going to check anything you say.
2: No, that's fine. It's it's more kind of pointed at the listeners, uh, if there are any. All Hello, two of them. thanks for tuning in.
0: Mum, <laughs> I support you. Thank you. <laughs>
2: Wait, do I support my mum? My mum's be
0: supporting me by listening to this. That's that's what I meant.
2: There'll be three devout partners who tune in for a couple of minutes. At least. <laughs> true, true.
0: So we we basically didn't really touch on the the Maidstone game, but um, I did. You did, and then I think I took it off course. I'm not I'm not doing well here. Um, but for me, I was kind of I said this to you guys a million times, but it was really surprising to me to see how much of a difference it makes when you play 311s who know they've got to give everything for 30 minutes it Mm. was i mean we saw a team in pre-season friendly like you said i think first or second week back who just didn't look like they were going to be weighed down by their fitness and it was a hot day uh, as evidenced by both of you escaping into the the terrace for the second half (laughs) (laughs) while i was happy to get my tan on um but yeah i I think that was a massive difference um will do you have any thoughts on that game
1: yeah, I, I thought it was a strange game in the sense that um, I didn't anticipate that Maceo would be as poor as they were, and they they really were quite poor. Mm. They they rarely threatened the Barnet goal at all. But I think that there was kind of two reasons behind it. One of them was that we were around about a week ahead of them in terms of doing pre-season, um, so obviously the players were naturally fitter at that stage. And then by playing the three, you know, the three different teams rather than one team in each half, I think that kind of, that combination just steamrolled at them really, and you could see right from the off they didn't really get a look in so i think even though it was a really good result it's kind of there's a caveat there which is that the way we approached it made a big difference if you like to the, to the outcome
0: i mean also um when we saw the maidstone subs warming up i think i turned to you guys and said that their bench looked like it was 13 years old was that like a trialists only bench Has have you guys checked that up since
1: I, I did notice they were saying that a lot of trialists started the match i'm not sure about the bench necessarily but i know that that their, their opening team had quite a few trialists in which again might have been you know why it was such a mismatch against barnet's essentially the better of the three sides
2: that we put out yeah tom i think i think quite i can't i can't vouch for that but i'd certainly say earlier in pre-season for non-league teams you do and and this is evidenced right back to um the season martin, martin allen 1415 uh, pre-season when we had a virtually a team of trialists against uh the first few teams we played in that pre-season and gradually it whittled down i think the further down you go the more you're kind of waiting for teams above to make your moves aren't you so you kind of have a bit more mishmash of guys on trial and you know guys who you've signed but might ditch anyway etc cetera, etc cetera. so you can't read too much into that result i think we're uh, we're we're uh, we're in agreement there
0: yeah that's for sure um and just one final note on that, actually, one of the, one of the Maidstone players uh, in central midfield. I feel like on the sly, I'm, I was probably in better shape than him at the time of that game. Um, <laughs> that's that's not a good sign, is it? Um, right. So next game after that was it Swansea straight after that, or was the game the game in between?
1: It was Swansea. I
2: think. Swansea. Swansea okay, it?
0: Swansea. So again, we were all in attendance. Uh, Tom, you and I were eating chicken and missed the first fifteen minutes, I think.
1: So right. Will, you can start. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I thought, I mean, I thought it was really good. I think even though there were periods where Swansea were clearly better, I mean, in the first half, you could see a lot of their play on the wings was was quite good, and Barnett were defending for much of the game. But I think it was the first game where you could really see the style that Ross has been trying to train the players to, you know, to learn over pre-season being played out. You know, a lot of neat, intricate passing, triangles, sort of trying to work the ball all the time rather than playing in a direct manner. Um so that was quite pleasing to see that the players were, I guess, picking that up, and also, yeah, just how solid the defence was. I mean, they, as I said before, they were under quite a lot of pressure for a fair bit of the game, but they didn't, they didn't break at all. Even when the youngsters came on, like uh, Darnell Smith, they still looked pretty solid at the back. So overall, I was, yeah, really impressed.
0: Um, intriguing, you mentioned that because obviously we we all saw the game together, and I remember at half time saying that I wasn't really that impressed with what I'd seen Dan Sweeney do, but then we everything i read online was raving about his defensive performance uh, they said that he'd lost people were saying that he lost it once he came back into possession but won the ball back quite a lot so i'm just presuming all of that happened in the first 15 minutes because i do not recall that being the tale of the first half that i saw uh tom
2: yeah sweeney's a weird one isn't he he really polarizes opinion and i think people are quite they're kind of desperate for him to do well uh because he's kind of come out of non-league and i think it's I don't know, perhaps because Fairclough had something to do with his signing as well, so people are kind of... There's a little bit of romanticism there. Um, I didn't particularly see what he did, but I didn't think he was dreadful either. I certainly didn't think he was a passenger. He worked hard. However, as I think I said to you guys at the time, and this is quickly turning into us regurgitating our thoughts from these games that we went to... <laughs> but on so um, it's legit. On my, that's it, that's it. Um, because he is such a big, big lad, he kind of stands out more, and there's that theory, isn't there, that kind of like players with standout characteristics, i.e., like light-haired players, you know, because most players have got black or brown hair, stand out more. And certainly, it's a thing that scouts kind of fall into. I wonder if the fact that he's about eight foot three makes him stand out more. Kind of colors what we saw. That, uh, you know, we saw him getting about a lot. Did we actually see him do a lot? To either retrieve possession or use it when he then did, if and when he got it, um, I certainly didn't think he was terrible. I think, and I think the fact that Rossi is using him as much as he has indicates that he's certainly giving him, he's certainly him a fair crack at the whip. You know, it, it's on, it's on Dan, isn't it? To to say I can be part of it this season, or or suggest or suggest otherwise.
1: I can't. I mean. This is not necessarily a criticism of him as a player, but I, I do struggle to see how he'll fit into the the philosophy and the style that we mm. play at the moment. Just because he's not particularly good in possession. I mean, he won the ball back a lot against Swansea, but that was often because he lost it in the first place. And yes. that might that might be fine in a more direct side where keeping hold of the ball isn't critical. But if it's so crucial to your style of play, I, I just don't see how that's going to work. You know, between the two the two things, I suppose.
2: He does seem to kind of rattle around at I'm not going to say 100 miles an hour, but quite a few miles an hour, and the ball sort of bounces off him and he clatters into people and wins in. You want guys like Curtis, I suppose, who, you know, he's he always looks to be kind of one step ahead and the ball comes and he pops it off or he bounces it off or whatever, or he can hold on to it if he has to, whereas Sweeney, it doesn't come as naturally i don't think he's got that kind of fleet of foot close control you know speed of thought as much as speed of foot i suppose um to to fit into what rossi's trying to trying to get them to do so i mean that's
0: perfect segue you guys have built this beautifully for me in my (laughs) debut hosting role because i didn't really i don't think i saw a single pre-season friendly after that (laughs) but we're now naturally talking about defensive midfielders which i think we all agree is is the final signing that the club needs to make uh i'll go for you first will because well both of your encyclopedias and football at this level but i'll go for you first will um defensive midfielder anyone that you think we should go for anyone that you're surprised is still available just want to moan at how hard it is to find a decent defensive midfielder these days the floor is yours will
1: i think it probably is quite hard to find find the right player because i don't get the impression that you know ross is in the market for someone who's a pure destroyer if you like like kind of Maybe someone in in the Togwell mould who didn't have a great range of passing was sort of very much just about breaking up play. So if when you want that combination of skills, yeah, you want them to be really solid, real anchor man, but also to be able to you know be neat in possession. I think that's probably quite hard, hard to find. In fact, I think that's partly why a lot of the recruitment's taken so long this summer is because you're looking for quite a a niche set of skills in a lot of the players where you need them to be able to do more than just one thing and i think that you know because their hearts track down often it just takes a while to find the right players and i think we've we've done that with you know the signing of Coulthurst and um ross looks good as a as a backup goalkeeper I thought we you know, agreed so... on shack will all right i'm sorry let's go with, <laughs> let's go with Shaq. then we
0: can't be wrong off <laughs> <laughs>
1: um and even uh even brimley you know i know he it looks like he's got a an injury which is a bit of a nuisance but you know he looks like he could be a good addition as well so i think hopefully we're just taking our time and seeing you know seeing what's available really researching properly and then hopefully we'll come out with a good defensive midfielder preferably in the next week or so
0: i mean i'm no stranger to putting my foot in it as as you both know um but uh, yeah I, i i'm are we sure that it's so difficult necessarily to find a defensive midfielder? I hear what you're saying in that uh, it is difficult to find someone at League Two level, at, you know, at League Two salary level who's good at defending and then possession and the other things that we'd be looking for. But equally, doesn't a defensive midfielder for Barnett just have to be better than the other twenty, however many uh, defensive midfielders in the in in League Two? Um,
2: does it, you know is that really the case, uh, Tom? I'm going to uh, hand over to you. Yeah, I was going to say I've got a lot of things to on this. Firstly, Will hit upon a very important point there. And uh, I didn't want to stop him in his flow, but he was he absolutely whacked the nail on the head when he talked about kind of being considered and doing our research properly and getting the right person. You know, this summer has been about getting the right type of person. We all knew we needed a striker, we all knew we needed a striker from January. But Rossi waited, I'm sure he looked at hundred and one options and he decided on Shaq. Now I don't know, obviously I'm not privy to what um what kind of happens in his office you know there could very well have been other it could have been 70 other strikers that he missed out on for all i know but it's not gone we've not gone in bang early doors in june chucked you know chucked our lot in with someone as we have done in the past who maybe on paper looks good and then been left kind of further down the line uh, with egg on our faces and you know, it was it was about quality rather than quantity this summer, because we actually did a lot of recruitment in January, and the squad needs trimming, if anything, so I think that's important. I think secondly, it's probably the most important position in the team, because Um I'm not sure about Santos, but Clough isn't, tremend- isn't tremendous on the ball, I think it's probably fair to say he's more of a kind of stopper type, so whoever sits in front of that back four has to be the one that picks up the possession off them and kind of the success of everything, I think, from there hinges off their ability to use the ball. Not you know not that they need to be spraying 40, 50-yard passes out to the wingers, slipping John in over the top, whatever it may be, but they need to be comfortable receiving, probably with their back to play, and then either holding or whatever it may be. they just I, it, I just think it's a really important role and it's kind of like the quarterback role for this team. So I think, you know, it stands to reason that this is the position it's taken, you know, the longest to find someone for. What I would add as well is uh, they thought they'd got one done quite a while ago now who will probably be starting for another team in this division this weekend and kind of through no fault of their own. It didn't happen, so that probably and that was a while ago and that probably underlines how tricky it is to get the right person. Uh that this was weeks ago as far as I'm concerned. And you know, we're still we're now, you know, a few days till Saturday, what we're now Tuesday. You know, the season kicks off in five days' time and we're still slightly concerned about that uh that position.
0: Yeah, that's enough. I like that you were the. Sorry, Will. I like that, uh, Tom. I like that you were the first one to kind of dig in with any sort of insider knowledge. Glad it wasn't me. Uh, I was wondering how long it would take. Sorry, Will. Off you go, mate.
1: No, I was just going to say that I think I mentioned about the injury to Richard Brindley. I think one of the biggest sort of annoyances of that is that because we're lacking that defensive midfielder, the ideal person to move into that position on a short term basis Mm. would probably be Harry Taylor because he's the only really kind of combative midfielder we've got, but of course if you now we need him at right back, presumably unless Brindley really somehow gets fit between now and you know the Forest Green game which I doubt. Um so I guess it could leave us looking a little bit lightweight in the middle for Sasser. It's Fair the enough.
2: it's the imperfect storm, isn't it? Because if Nelson was fit then you go fine, Clough can go to right back, Harry can step into midfield and everything's good. But our oh, third <sighs> centre half in is injured. Right back?
0: Are we are we yeah, sure that's that's right...
2: over? Well, well it's... game maybe for a game that's where he played last season wasn't it In a, before Nelson got a little rest right at the end
0: oh no I've seen I, I understand that but uh, I mean we were talking again one of our off off microphone conversations about a left back we were all big fans of Beer, but as a left back he was just he was just would, thrown to I the agree. walls
2: I I think it's uh, <clears throat> you know fullback is such a specialised position it's you're doing a centre-half a disservice by sticking them out there and quite often exposing them. So I don't think it's ideal, but you could have done that. Uh, what I would say is, I think um, Curtis can do it. Not right back. This is obviously kind of being the deepest midfielder, but also, you can't, you know, with his energy and everything, you do want him to be the one that breaks forward as well and you can't do well, he's, it.
1: He's also own. injured as well, isn't he? I mean, you know, he's going to be the last, last couple and I think he's... Going to be out for a little while still, so again, that's another strong. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like quite a. Yeah, strong, yeah. He's a stronger player than a lot of the young. Because then, the then, you'd
2: say someone like Jack Taylor's got uh, the intelligence and uh, on and off ball ability, but he, you know, he he completely lacks the physique to do the real nitty gritty nasty stuff in that role. So, you know, then you really are wondering, um, left wondering who it's going to be. On the opening day curses to miss out as well i must admit that passed me by
0: <laughs> yeah so i mean we've we've kind of naturally brought ourselves to the start of the season which is good just before we do that um tom did you see any other pre-seasons apart from the two games we've mentioned
2: despite my best efforts i did not
0: uh, no excuses mate no excuses <laughs> so will i just do you want to just i don't know uh, offer a brief recap of what we missed I the west ham game was okay and then was it Borenwood after not so okay? Was, and then Concord not, not so okay again.
1: It was, yeah, Millwall after West oh, Ham. Millwall, yes. uh, West Ham I thought was good. I thought it was difficult to judge because you were playing against such a young West Ham team that they were inevitably very lightweight. So it, it, there was an element of kind of men against boys there. Uh, but I still thought we were very good. And again, you know, the, the, it was a really nice style aesthetically to watch. Um, and then Millwall for me was the real test because you're up against a team that is generally known for being quite physical, you know, relatively direct. They had their two uh, big strikers up front, Morrison, and um, the, the name's completely escaped me, Halifax, former Halifax striker.
0: Who cares? Um, it's the other team, uh... let's be honest.
1: Um, regardless, um, <laughs> you know, that was, uh, I thought that'd be a really, really tough match. I thought that'd be the real acid test. And I still thought we were the better side out of the two. Um, so that, that was really what gave me a lot of positivity going into the season, I guess. But then, we followed that up with the Concord Rangers match and it was... You're forgetting Braintree. It was just... A... Ah, of course. Well, Braintree was a, a sort of more of a second string side, I suppose. I didn't see that I, know... We over that one.
0: <laughs> we, we all forgot it, so um, let's just pretend it didn't happen. It's fine.
1: But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think Concord Rangers weren't good. You know, they, they kind of hit Barnett with three goals that were essentially against the runner play, just very well taken. But I think the, the frustrating thing was that Barnett seemed to be running down blind alleys a little bit. They were constantly just getting the ball out wide and then crossing it, and there was no one there in the middle to get on the end of it. But the big caveat is that, you know, John O'Kindley wasn't playing. Um, I presume yeah. he had a slight knock, and neither was Curtis Weston. You've got to say, in terms of the goal threat in our side, they're potentially the two biggest starting players. So uh, as as the as the weeks gone on, I was a little bit disappointed after the game. I sort of started to reconcile it a little bit, and I think maybe those, that those two absences played a big part in the result.
2: I think it's also worth adding that um, Barnet away from memory is uh, Concord Rangers' uh, big day out um, if we <laughs> hark back to the FA Trophy win against uh, a team that was really only Steve Percy and Village away from being at its weakest uh, a few years ago. So, uh, you know, I'm sure they were they were really up for it. I might not be entirely serious.
0: <laughs> I'm just wondering how many more people we can insult and or alienate in this brief period of time. <laughs> and I'm the one who normally puts my foot in it, but this is good. Tom, keep
2: going. This is good. Now I think Steve Percy and Village would be quite happy to get a mention. So. I, I just
0: meant digging out Concord as if they were a small club.
2: Oh, um, they're not enormous, are they? I, 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 <laughs> I double it got, down. Got
1: the lowest attendance uh, in Conference South, I think, like average of 295 people or something. Yeah, they I really I are. Say, I, One
2: of my lowest days of covering Barnett was going to Concord Rangers in the original FA Trophy tie. I felt like death. It was freezing. The pitch looked terrible. The view was terrible. The press box was terrible. And then afterwards, we waited in the cold and Martin was inside having some dinner in the warm. So that was depressing. So I don't have a lot of good things to say about Concord Rangers, particularly as they were managed previously. And then from off the top of my head by um, my uh, my arch uh, my arch nemesis Danny Cowley so
0: Um, well two obvious things to pick up on here first of all as Barnet fans are we allowed to snoot at teams with small attendances relative to their league (laughs) no definitely (laughs) right and second thing why is Danny Cowley your arch nemesis
2: Um, this is a fun story I I can't believe I've not told you this unless you're just doing a good podcast thing of like extracting something interesting if I win this football weekly seat we'll find out mate we will um, so a few years ago when he was I'm pretty sure at this point he was still at Concord and um, Steve King who was then Whitehawk manager um, got the boot and he if you're not kind of a favourite Steve King he's very he's quite a large and life character on the line, very good manager but um, and kind of in the kind of muck and nettles of the conference south as it was it was then he's got the kind of you know the brill creamed hair and the the mac and the white he had white jeans and kind of um deck shoes on uh when i saw him once against um a a, a team uh, beginning with w and that wear blue and playing rice lip and um i thought wow you know you fancy yourself and then he got sacked and i tweeted perhaps misguidedly um that you know, I wouldn't miss seeing him on the touchline because his conduct was uh, probably only um, only better than Danny Cowley's. And I didn't tag Danny Cowley in this, despite him being on Twitter, because I'm not that kind of person. Maybe maybe people look at that and go, well, "You kind of done it behind his back." But anyway, out of the blue, Danny Cowley rings me up and uh, essentially says that if I don't apologise, he's going to threaten legal threaten me with legal action for uh, for calling him out on Twitter. And that I was trying to make a name for myself and get a reputation by uh, by digging out a conference self manager. So, uh, what that tells you about Danny Cowley, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say, just in case he uh, gives me another ring. But uh, since then we've been sworn enemies.
0: Um, Danny, if you are listening to this or this does reach you at any point, and you want Tom's contact details, I can be bought.
2: <laughs> we are just staying out of it. <laughs> oh i do not want a legal case on the like
0: this is just like the good old days any sign of confrontation wheels off by a water cooler somewhere all <laughs> uh, right so i think we've uh that was first of all that was actually a good story thank you um yeah. Yeah, I, I hadn't heard that one before um mm-hmm. so i think we have now reached th- this weekend really in the, the the opening of the season um will you're the optimistic one so i'm going to go to you first how are you feeling ahead of this game
1: I, I do think it's a it's a really tough opener. I mean, I think you know you you never really want to play a promoted team on their first game, you know, in the league. Especially in this case, it's their first ever game in the football league. Um, mm. And I think, I mean, I I think it would have been harder if we had to play Lincoln City because they'd have had a huge crowd behind them, whereas Forest Green aren't particularly well supported, so it probably still won't be you know a massive crowd there. But I still think the players will be really up for it. And I think, yeah, maybe. It, because we're looking a little bit lightweight in the centre of midfield. If we, you know, if if Western's out again, I, 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 just think it's, it's going to be tricky. I still think we've got a good chance. Cause I think we played good football in pre-season, and I think we've got good players. But I just think this is a, a tough opener.
2: I'm just doing my uh, research, and I knew they'd recruited well, but I was just looking at who they have uh, recruited Forrest Green. I've got to say I'm quite impressed with some of the guys got in. Reese Brown from Birmingham City was very highly rated. Lee Collins. Uh, Mansfield Town, who I was sort of the real kind of solid type that you build around in League 2. Uh, Scott Laird from Scunthorpe United in the division above. And Luke James, who I saw quite a few times for Peter. Um, sorry, for Hartlepool United when he was coming through. He stalled a bit at Peterborough, but he's a really good player as well if he gets it right. Uh, Alex Jakoviti on loan from Nottingham Forest as well at Mansfield last year. Yeah, they've recruited well. What I will say is they've uh, they've really stretched themselves in pre-season with games against Bishop's Cleave, Shortwood United, Brimscombe and Thrupp, Western Supermare, and in fairness, they've beaten the massive Bristol Rovers two nil. So we should probably be bricking it. That's another club I've called out. Come at me, Rovers fans. Um, <laughs> I
0: was just no, going to say, Will, as the as the sort of oldest Barnet fan here in terms of longevity. Um... I was wondering if you wanted to get the Bristol Rovers digging, but then Tom just took it upon himself to go, oh, just more no. enemies, just this list is growing.
2: No, in all seriousness, don't come at me, Bristol Rovers fans, because you are massive and you'll bring 9,000, so I'll just get trampled to death. <laughs> uh, no, it'll be a tough game, in all seriousness. Sorry, Bristol Rovers fans, got a lot of respect for what you've done. Um, it, will be a, it will be a bloody tough game. Uh, weird little ground, but weird And i I'm just digging out everyone here. Sorry, Forest Green Rovers fans. Weird little ground in a nice way. Like the kind of ground I like visiting, you know. So tough place to go, and as, as Will's kind of, um, as Will's kind of highlighted, you know, the first game in the football league, they're going to be bang up for it. A certain Keanu Marsh Brown is going to be even more up for. He's got a point, um, um, to prove. So you know, it's just the sort of game you don't want. However, you know, opening game of the season, how cooked, um, you know, how ready are they going to be? You never know. The I think the thing to do in a game against that is really kind of play them at their own game because they're probably going to come straight at us so they're going to have a soft kind of point they're going to soft underbelly in a sense so maybe you know the thing to do in a game like that is really just stick the pressure on bomb some big balls into John in the first 10 minutes 15 minutes or something and try and really put them under pressure and say you know welcome to you know EFL football this is going to be this is going to be tricky um It'll probably be a crap game and uh, kind of simmer out in a, in a one-all or a nil-nil or something and everything that I've said will be kind of proven to be rubbish, but it wouldn't be the first time.
0: <laughs> um, I'm, gonna say... Tom, I'm going to say, someone come go back to you actually. Score prediction God. or end result prediction? Because you, you touched on it there. I'm not going to go to Will then come back to you to say the same thing. So what, what do you think?
2: Okay, yeah, it'll be a rubbish one-one. Uh, we'll probably go one-nil up inside ten minutes, John Akindi and second half they'll equalize and they'll just sort of peter out there you go very precise
0: yeah that was ridiculously precise uh will
1: it's funny because i was going to say something remarkably similar like <laughs> I, I,
0: i'm sure I, you were yeah <laughs> i was
1: thinking it's going to be one one i think the only person you can you can go to for the goals really is is john O'Kindy. i can see us you know having one really clear opportunity perhaps where you know he takes it and then I do think Forest Green Rovers will probably be dominant in the game overall. They'll certainly be attacking a lot during the game, and I can. But I, I think we're quite solid defensively through most of the preseason, We've shown that, so yeah, I go one-one. Seems so about fair.
0: Okay, I'm going to live up to my own pessimistic billing of myself, and I'm going to say 2 0 Forest Green Rovers win. Um, I know the host doesn't really give much of their thoughts and whatnot, but you know this is a, a new era. Um, I. He's pessimistic. Yeah, I just, I just think that they will be up for it. As you guys know, I, I do like Keanu quite a lot. I can, I, I just see him scoring <laughs> at least one. I, you know, let's be honest. Keanu was the sort of player who, on his day, was much better than League Two. I think we can all agree on that.
2: Yeah, hundred percent, And yeah. I
0: think that hit the first Forest Green Rovers' first game back in League Two against his old club, um, I think if there was. It, how much more motivation can you provide Keanu? This is the exact sort of game that he turns up for. Um, And I think he'll score one. And I I just... I'm not sure... Given what we said earlier about the state of our defence at the moment, uh, with Curtis potentially out with injury, uh, Brindley potentially out with injury, and even if he's in, he's not potentially match fit, um, I think we've just got a couple of problems in in defence. And... I'm not too sure that we can uh, cover for it with possession or with... I don't think we've got a counter-attack that's particularly strong at the moment. So yeah, I'm just not sure. I just don't, I, I think if I were to put it in an optimistic way, within my own terminology, I think this game has just come a bit too soon for us.
1: We, we sound like an awfully negative bunch, don't we? There's probably Barnet fans tuning in, like, you know, getting pumped up, ready for the season. We're all just going, oh, yeah, might be a draw, probably a loss.
2: <laughs> <laughs> First day of the season, you always get excited, don't you? And then it, and you always get, and at the same time, you always get those teams that kind of tonk someone and you go, for they're looking good. And then most of the rest of the games are just, really, aren't they? It's too soon for anybody. It takes you a couple of weeks to really get in the swing of things. Yeah, so you, I think, like, pre season friendly, you can't actually read. Um, too much into
0: them, can you? No, I agree. I, well, Will, it's my job to be pessimistic. <laughs> if if we've sounded pessimistic, Will, I'm blaming you for that. That's on you. You're, you're the optimistic <laughs> one. <laughs> um, so, um, I, we won't go game by game because otherwise we'll be here forever. Um, just the first stretch, the first month, maybe the first two months, overall, what do we think? I mean, we do have a, I think it's quite a difficult start, to be honest. What do we think in total? Uh, I'll start with you, Tom, because I started with Will last time.
2: Yeah, it's not it's not an easy start, is it? Because in in that first month, um, obviously Forest Green, we discussed Tuffy, Luton, uh, rightly well up there amongst the favourites. Crew is the one that could be anyone's kind of guess. I don't know quite what they're um, um, going to do, but and then Stevenage and Wimbledon. You've got two. Uh, uh, sorry, Wimbledon's the cup, isn't it? Stevenage is obviously a Derby and. Uh, they did very well last season to the surprise of many so I think if you can come out of that month with five or six points I think you'd be pretty um you'd be pretty happy with uh, with 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 that tally I've got to say
1: okay and for you will yeah I mean I, it is a really tough start sort of just scrolling through the fixtures you know if you're looking for an easy game and you away matches are, are never easy and we used to be starting against a lot of the you know, pretty decent sides at home. I mean, you've really got to go all the way until Crawley, Crawley Town on yeah. the twenty-third before you you know you spot one. In fact, this league's kind of it's strange in general. When we lost Plymouth and Portsmouth at the end of last season, I was kind of looking at the the makeup of the division this year and thinking to myself, oh, this seems a lot a lot easier. Like it's there's less really big teams in it. But now when you scroll through, suddenly there also doesn't seem that many weak teams either. You know, there's a, there's a I know it's a real cliche to say there are no easy games but it does kind of look like that when you glance at the fixture list there's an awful lot of sides that are pretty solid if not potentially spectacular you know and yeah not, that's the first one I can think of where you'd, you'd fancy us to you know win clearly because Crawley
2: don't look but, like they're in a great state for the yeah start. They they're a, little... a bit
0: of bad summer don't they uh, gone
2: they have they've got Harry Keel in charge who speaking as a Watford an actual Watford fan uh he was under-23 coach for the last two seasons and he was sacked before the end of last season and Watford fans actively wanted him out which is quite bad for an under-23 coach but even worse when you consider that's sort a of club that doesn't take a great deal of uh, interest in producing their own players these days they were so bad they got rid of him anyway so very left field appointment from Crawley you can only assume that it's because he's kind of big name he might have contacts or getting players in much the same way that Dermot Grummie did last season but I think that's the one I was going to say, this this is a division where there's kind of guys that, there's kind of teams that the expectation has been they'll do a lot better before now, or you know, they've kind of got relegated and they've kind of got stuck, but you think, right, they should be pushing for the top seven at least, you know, your Colchester's uh, Notts Counties have been down here for a few seasons, you know, they should do better, Luton obviously um, um, are a strong team that have been down here for a while, Mansfield have gone big, Uh, and then, you know, the teams that have come down, Swindon, Coventry, etc., you expect, uh, Chesterfield is expected to do quite well, Uh, and then you've got the teams that were in the playoffs last season, obviously, and then, you know, the ones that have come up, obviously the two that have come up look really strong as well, and then you kind of say, right, there's probably only about two or three teams that you're thinking, they're definitely not great, you have Cheltenham's, Morecambe's, um, and Yeovil, those are probably the three, and then, and then you always know that there's going to be the surprise package like Accrington-Stanley a couple of years ago. See, Carlisle did very well last season against the odds and uh, Stevenage, you know, I hate to say it, did very well against the odds. So, it looks like a bloody tough division. But, who knows, Barnett could be the team that kind of most people are looking at and writing off that go and do what, you know, what Accrington did a couple of years ago and get in the playoffs. So, that's what kind of gives me excitement and uh, and hope in equal measure.
1: I do think that, yeah, we've got quite a lot of stability as well whereas a lot of these clubs like Mansfield they've added so many people in that it, it does take some time for these players to all gel together whereas you know the fact we've only tweaked our side with you know two, three signings that could certainly in the early part of the season work in our favour where the players know each other well you know they know each other plays well and it mm. you know it could be a positive
0: there's perceived... the optimism I was waiting for
2: well that's the stuff <laughs> that's it perceived kind of football wisdom is that sign lots of players is good sign no players is bad but you know that is a lot of players that Mansfield have signed and they're very much the favourites of the division but who's to say they're all going to gel who's to say they're all going to be as good as they hope who's to say they're all going to be fit who's to say you can get them all in the team it never ever works out when you sign that many players and you know I think they'll be up there because Steve Evans knows how to get out of this division but it's, it's far from the foregone conclusion that people kind of make out you know I think Luton will probably win it and uh pains me to say that a little bit as a
0: Watford fan so <laughs> I just want to go back to something you've both touched on actually uh, regarding how the the difference this season to last season because last season as we know um, very early on was it even a month or two in we, it was like oh this is this is a an oddly close season and then a couple more in, uh, months in it continued to be close and then you add another month or two and it continues to be close uh, we were challenging for the playoffs at one point I think surprisingly to us all um and then i think will you left the club first and that's when the wheels really started to come off um <laughs> new press officer you know just couldn't keep it together in the same way that you did um but uh, yeah on, on a serious level last season was was tight and it was tight in a way that surprised all of us uh, for a long long time and now here we are and i agree with you guys i'm looking at the the league this year i'm looking at our opening fixtures and I'm just seeing, oh, God, this is going to be a really tough division this year. And I'm thinking, was it tight last year because it was tough? Or was it tight last year because the quality wasn't quite there? Um, and how can we learn anything from last season, basically? So, I, I mean, I must admit, I'm, I'm kind of drawn to your optimism, Will, in that I do think that having some stability and having a squad that, for the most part, experienced last season together, actually could be a big positive for us. Um, and... Rossi, I, I feel... I mean, I'm a huge Rossi fan, as I know you both are. Um, yeah. and I feel like the more that Rossi is in, is in charge and the more games he has, the more experience he picks up, I feel like he's just going to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. Um, so I feel like if we can get off to a good start, um, I think that we are going to be in a good place because I feel like there are loads of teams that... Uh, I'm going to say, as exaggerated uh, a point, there are a lot of teams there who some teams would feel they are beaten by on paper so mansfield for example everyone's talking about the signings they've made some teams in this division may see mansfield coming up and feel a bit pressured before they even play them um i'm just wondering if if we can get off to a good start if we could be one of those teams who just gets a bit of momentum just rides out that early turbulence puts ourselves in a good position and and cracks on from there um i've not really asked a question but i'm just going to hand over to you tom
2: yeah, I did not listen to any of that really, so I'm not going to lie, I listened to the first bit, I listened to the end bit, and I couldn't make head nor tail of the rest of it, so you're probably going to have to cut this bit out. What was the, what was the synopsis of your point? Um, last season was tight, uh, yeah. here
0: we are talking about this season potentially looking quite difficult, yeah. could the tightness of last season provide um, a recent history for us to base this current season upon?
2: Mm. do you want to go to Will first?
1: go
0: on then William off you go buddy sorry
1: yeah I think that last season was a little bit of a missed opportunity in a way because what you seem to get and actually you seem to get this quite often in League 2 I think is where the teams at the very top who are pushing for automatic promotion are really quite good sides and then sort of from the playoffs down to mid-table a lot of the teams are much for much it's just depending on who goes in a good run of form at the right time so you saw you know, last season, we drew two or with Blackpool away, and they scored a last-minute equaliser. And at the time, I th- I'm not sure if we were ahead of Blackpool. We were certainly very close to them in the table. And that, that late goal essentially kick-started a great run of form that pushed them into the playoffs, and then they were the team that, that got promotion. Um, and I think because we had so much instability in terms of the management last season, it was... It, it took away from what would have been a really good chance to go up. If potentially we'd had Mars Allen for the whole year or Ross in charge for the whole year, um, and I'm not—I wonder if it will be the same this year. I mean, it does t- you know—that tends to be a trend that every year there's that, that. There's the playoffs is incredibly tight to get into. So yeah, I mean, I guess to answer your question, it's there's we got as much chance of doing it this year as we as we did last year. I guess.
0: And uh, ever the optimist. Um... Tom, do you have anything to say at this point or uh, we can crack on?
2: No, I think Will's right. The, uh, the kind of thing is you end up uh, kind of analysing it looking for all these reasons why something will happen, why something won't happen, why, you know, the experiences of last season or you know, not even necessarily at this club, you know, someone comes in and they go, oh, they've got an experience of doing this or that and you go, this is a really good reason. And then you kind of forget the biggest factor in all the way there's just absolute chaos from top to bottom isn't it and i think that on paper that all of these points make sense but it doesn't account for john breaking his leg on the first day of the season curtis tearing his you know knee ligaments a week later and then jamie stevens tweaks his groin michael nelson does something or you, do you know what i mean and just
0: will is currently gripping the nearest wooden object no, no, no you're just... I tell you, so you're right.
2: not far just... off. Is That is what I'm, thinking of? <laughs> I'm sure that won't happen. But do you know what I mean? It's kind of are any of those makes... players superstitious? By the way, I hope not. I hope they don't listen, <laughs> because, because obviously I want none of that to happen. I want it to be the success Naturally. I'm confident it's going to be. I'm confident it's going to be a success. You know, that's that's a that's a very extreme uh, example to make my point. But um, you know, there is an element of. Kind of over. I always think this that we uh, we spend so much time in this country, kind of analysing everything in the football uh, the football environment, the football sphere that it is, and it's all kind of irrelevant, isn't it? Which kind of might, which in a way might have just rendered the last hour of our lives irrelevant, but hopefully not. <laughs> Potentially true. Um, I'm just going to add on on
0: that note, then sort of my feelings about it. Again, I've said it to you guys, but might as well get it out there on audio so I can be laughed at for years to come. Um, I I feel pessimistic going into the season just because I think we've all been here. We go we're we're here every year. We're here every year with Barnet, and we're saying that oh this year we'll crack on for a, a playoff push or this that the other, irrespective of how realistic that may be. Um, I think we did. I think last season was so difficult to analyse. I think we did well in parts. I think we did very poorly in parts. Um, one thing that none of us have touched on, but I think we're all in agreement with, is that Kevin Nugent actually started quite well, but was very unlucky. And then the luck turned into an actual run of poor form. Um, and, you know, the the inverse could happen here. We could have a, a strong start that continues into good form uh, or however it will play out. So you're right. I think there's not really much to be to be taken from it. But um, I feel we just we spend every preseason thinking about how good we are and we don't focus on how good the other teams are this year for example we have stability as our main positive so we're focusing on how important stability is but in in 10 years ago certainly before we got relegated to league two at league relegated to the conference recently we had huge squad turnover and every year i mean i I remember this the year that we actually got relegated we were talking about all these young players and the the new turnover and how it was going to be a breath of fresh air in the club so i think we just we search for a, a positive sometimes and it may not be there and for me this season that does mean that i'm just not quite sure uh what what that what any of that means i i've kind of said a lot of words there to mean nothing but i think what i'm trying to say is people kind of convince themselves into positivity whereas for me i just i haven't seen enough to be as positive as positive as we are every year will you wanted to say something
1: yeah I, i think that the reality is, and I think it's been the reality for a number of years, that for Barnet to do well, you're relying on not getting injuries, because there's teams at the at the top end of the division with a lot of money who can buy serious squads where no matter how many injuries they get, they they've still got good players to come in, and we're not in that position, and so are a lot of the other you know the other clubs who are sort of around mid-table or a little bit lower. Um, and so I think that you know, if you look at the times we've done well previously, when we won the conference in fourteen fifteen, we really didn't have any major injuries at all. And again, if you go back, even if you go back to oh four oh five, and we did the same thing, like that was a team that was pretty stable the whole way through. Um, so I think the key is really going to be because we've got a good first 11 or i certainly think if we buy a, a solid defensive midfielder a very good first 11 if we can keep most of them fit for most of the season then we'll do very well if we get an awful lot of long-term injuries then i we probably won't do so well and you know heaven forbid we lose john akindi to an injury because i would be very worried if that was the case because you know we're so relying on him for goals aren't we
0: if if john akindi were to be sold either uh during this window in the winter window uh how do we feel about that tom
2: not you know what weirdly not as negative as i think most people would be or you possibly even would expect me to be purely because i think he's so important that the chair you know you're going to probably get the best part of a million maybe more you know i certainly think he's worth more and you know without going on martin allen in the mail you know he's definitely in that bracket um given the money that's sloshing about, um, you know, the the club would have to reinvest a good... You know, not all of it, of course. Of course, you know, there's no, there's almost no point in selling John if you're then going to go and spend all of it. You know, that money can be um, reinvested elsewhere, be it on the squad or infrastructure, whatever it may be. Um, probably getting a bit deep now. Um, uh, but you would have to spend a good chunk of it because you know just how important he is and you take you know this isn't a weakness of Barnett but you take 30 goals out of any team or you know haven't he got last season 20 something and that's a big struggle no one has two strikers like that you know or very 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 few teams have two strikers like that uh, in history other teams do
0: have more goals in the squad though don't they
2: they do that's probably fair but I think at the same time last season was such as we've alluded to such a mishmash of kind of people's ideas coaches, squads etc that we don't really know what this squad is capable of fully yet when kind of playing consistently to one man's ideas as Will said you know we've almost been better to have Martin Allen for a whole season than change as often as we did so perhaps uh, with a bit of consistency and selection tactic blah 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 blah, blah um, people will step up we know Curtis, you know Curtis is capable of getting if not in double figures then very close you would expect Jamal you know Jamal's a prime example he kind of mine quite liked him playing off of John as a kind of False nine number no not false nine sorry number ten uh, you know and then Henry and Rossi he kind can't of play him as a wing played him on the right one week left another week it's just like if he had one position and he was able to find a bit of consistency in his own performances you know he would have, you would like to have thought he would have chipped him with goals Jack Taylor will surely chip him with goals Ruben should chip him with goals the centre halves should get goals from set pieces you know it's all there to there's enough to suggest that goals will come from elsewhere, but you still have to have if you've got any aspirations of finishing in the top half probably, given how even we all agree the division looks, then uh, you do need a 20-goal a season man, and uh, if John goes, there's, there's no one I was about to say. However, caveat being, we don't know what Shaq's going to do yet. Um, he's not really ever had a run of consistent games to make a Particularly well-informed judgment off of, but uh, you know, hopefully he could be that person. I'm sure that's why they brought him to the club. Anyway, fair enough. Um,
0: I I think I think his actual record last year was five in fifteen for Mansfield. I think one of the only stats that's in my head, and it's probably wrong because that's how I roll. Um, but yeah, he, he could potentially be a goal scorer. Um, I think we should start to wrap this up purely because it's nearly my bedtime. Um, will, I'm going to ask you for some predictions. Let's go for where will Barnett finish at the end of the season, uh, and anyone that you think will have a particularly strong season, perhaps someone who's going to surprise us. Um, yeah, the floor's yours.
1: Um, I think they'll finish 12th. You know, it's somewhere between 10th and 12th, but I, I think we've got enough in us to get a top-off finish. I don't think we've got quite enough for the playoffs. Um, and in terms of players that are, you know, certainly going kind to of, kind of have a breakout season, I, Shomerton's the one that I would probably pick. You know, he's been starting almost every game in pre-season on, you know, on one wing, and he's been, you know, for, for a good couple of years now. We've thought that he could be the next big thing to come through the the youth system. So maybe if he finally gets the chance to start week in week out, we could see that. I'm also really interested to see how Sean Louis Apro does. You know, we've been using him in more of a a wide position in, in pre-season and you know, that kind of removes the burden of needing to score goals because we know he's not a great finisher um, and so those those two I'm, I'm kind of following with interest if you
2: like I was going to ask if we could have a, a section dedicated to Jean-Louis Akpak Pro because uh, he's such a wonderful man and footballer that he deserves it can um, I, um,
0: sorry, actually, on that note, Tom, actually, I'm really glad you mentioned that. And I'm, it's funny because I was thinking the exact same thing when, when Will brought him up. Can I just say that I think Beira and Jean Louis were my favourite players last year to actually deal with? They were very cultured, very charming, always positive around the place. I mean, let's be honest, all, most of the players, if not all, are, are really nice around the hive. But yeah. uh, I really like both of them. They were, yeah, they were just two really nice guys who were just really pleasant, uh, very, very humble.
2: It's almost like the French are more sophisticated than us, isn't it? <laughs> you can play. You can play the Cypriot card. In I was about to say. No <laughs> My heritage isn't British, so that
0: that's where I would have gone straight away with that one. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So where do you think we'll finish, Tom? And uh, any breakout seasons? Or I mean, if you think uh, Jean Louis is going to have a particularly good season, you know, you can. You're more than welcome to nominate him and sing his praises. I'm not going to stop you from doing that.
2: Yeah, Jean Louis is really interesting really because. Um, I think we're all we're all fans of him. There's no getting away from that. There's no hiding that. And last season I think we saw in glimpses what he could do. It was more often off more often not off the bench though, wasn't it? And um, you know, as I've said before, that um assist at Newport for John Akindi, I'm sure you guys are bored of hearing me saying it, but it was absolute top shelf filth. It was absolutely unbelievable. <laughs> and, you know, that's what he's got in his locker and I think You know, the likes of Jamal and the likes of John really appreciate that he's got that to his game. Um, I think, you know, there's no one at the club who doesn't think he's a useful option. It's just kind of, I say that as if I know. I have no idea what the people at the club are thinking, but I'm sure, you know, they're football people. I'm sure they appreciate what he can do, but it's just whether you can find a role for him within teams. As you say, he's not a goal scorer. Um, I, I was reading an interview on a blog with him just before I got here, which didn't say an awful lot, but I think just by the fact that he's involved in the first team, Rossi's trying to find a you know a role for him, and I think that's really encouraging. So I hope it's him. The one I really wanted to talk about, though, was um, was Justin Amaluza. Um, I think we all saw the perf- performance, or Will and I certainly saw the performance away at MK Dons last season, where he came on in the Czechoslov Ch- Trophy and absolutely uh, tore them to shreds, and then Followed that up with a very well-taken first professional goal against uh, Peterborough in the same competition. He thought, you know, this is a player that's got some real ability. And then we didn't really see him again. Um, and kind of Ephraim Mason-Clark, I think, overtook him in the kind of young, promising striker stakes. But in pre-season, he's been heavily involved. And that performance I saw in the second half, I think it was against uh, Swansea when he, you know, he's a lot... he's physically quite an imposing specimen and he was just running at them and running at them and they could not deal with it and he was almost like a kind of slightly more lithe not not lithe john's not fat but almost you know slightly uh, less imposing john akindi the way he was kind of just charging at them and you know asking them questions with his directness so i think if he can harness that and whilst doing you know the team thing of uh his defensive work and you know fitting into the system then uh, we could have a really really dangerous player on our hands who could hopefully chip in with a few goals and you know alleviate some of the burden on, on John Shaq etc.
0: Okay and uh, prediction for where we're going to finish you can't get away from it Tom I, oh, I, 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 I listen think. when you talk buddy when,
2: right, when you... That's true i thought, <laughs> I talked so much about uh, Justin and uh, Jean-Louis uh, that I forgot uh, yeah I thought 10th I thought 10th and I'd be Pretty happy with that. I think that'd be a good kind of natural step. Okay.
0: Um. I think we're going to finish upper bottom half of the table. Um. For me, the- <laughs> listen, it had to be slightly less pessimistic, pessimistic than you guys, but no, I do. I, I just I do feel that we'll be safe. Um. And for me, this the really important thing from this season is to um, stay safe, be stable have a good platform Um, I'm a huge huge Rossi fan as you two know but I just want to make it really clear because I think that it's his first season in management and I really do believe Rossi can take this club to great places he's worked with so many of these players for so long Um, but I don't want us to bin it after one season I don't want him to go on one bad run of form and and he's hounded out or he feels precious to the point where he has to leave so I want us to just have a nice stable steady season where Rossi can grow um, sort of learn more about professional management by himself because he's not done that before we you know you guys remember in your first sort of week or month at the hive as press officers i remember my first week at the hive in the office um you know it's it's a unique place it's a football environment which you is how many industries are even similar to football um and obviously rossi will have experience working in football but football management i imagine is completely different when you get to senior level so i really want rossi to just have a season where um he can challenge he can grow um so in that sense i i don't i think we're too good to to be really properly fighting relegation as it stands because i think we have signed a couple of key players um but i don't think we're quite as good as you two perhaps think um so yeah so that's right i I think we'll finish up a low half the table breakout season i would love rossi to have his breakout season and we'd be here in in 12 months time and just saying that you know we have the best young manager in the football league and i really i genuinely believe that he can do that i may look like an absolute idiot but i really have so much faith in rossi as again as i know both of you do um yeah and in terms of players having a breakout season I, I, is it fair to say this will be jack taylor's breakout season because i think we all know he's he's, he's a bit special isn't he but um he's he,
2: broken out pick another one has he no <laughs> no, one, no one else is sniffing for him are they
1: Oh, I think we know There were scouts oh, watching, wasn't there? I mean, there was, there was yeah. West Ham having scouts down at one point. Even Ireland, because I think he's eligible to play for their their youngsters. So, yeah. you know, I think people he, he know how good he is.
0: Okay, so I can't have that. Right, okay. Um, <laughs> who else do I think will have a particularly good season? I think it could be make or break for Tutonda. Um, when he came in in January... Um, the understudy to Elliot Johnson is not expected to be a particularly good player, let's be honest, because Elliot is so good and so stable. But I think he actually came in and played really well. So I'm going to hear you stifling laugh, but I think Tutanda did actually come in and do really well.
2: I'm not laughing at the concept, the idea that Tutanda played well. I never got to saw him, I never had the privilege of seeing him play, but I gather he did really well. So um, no, I was just laughing at the idea that you don't have to be great to back up Elliot Johnson. I think that's been proven in the you... past, isn't it? I, when,
0: when, when I meant that I think you may have taken that the opposite way from what I meant. I just meant that. As Barnet fans, we know Elliot is really good. So yeah. <clears throat> when we're signing a secondary left back, we, we're not so concerned with signing someone who's True. who's you know going to do something so strong. It wasn't a, a dig at Elliot
2: at all. No, um, no, no, no. I get no, no. Sorry, yeah, I, I probably now made more of a hash of this than uh, <laughs> than i originally I did <laughs> yeah that's it no no i got that i got that basically i was digging out sam Muggleson.
0: Um, fine fine i do you not know That completely skipped over me because at that point i was thinking have i dug my foot in it no um, no, no no the
2: elephant in the room was
0: Sam
2: <laughs> <laughs> um fair enough
0: so yeah i think tutonda could have uh, a season where he could really kick on and show that he was underrated when he was signed in january and is uh, yeah. actually a much better player particularly if it's been kind of mooted i think that we might play five at the back potentially and if we do uh he does seem to look quite happy as an attacking win back
2: yeah i'll just add with tonda it'd be great because of the narrative um he uh he lived in, exactly he lived in uh barnet and he went to school at Ravenscroft, where mauro went to school <laughs> So it'd just be lovely to have another kind of local guy and he was really enthusiastic when I had the privilege of speaking to him after signing for the club. You know, he was really, really enthusiastic about coming to Barnet and how he'd always wanted to play for the club. And I think, you know, you don't get that uh, in uh, in modern football so It's it's quite nice. So he's a lovely guy and I certainly hope that he succeeds on that basis.
0: Um, I think actually one other thing that we can kind of add here and it's sort of touching on our inside knowledge in quotations, but I think we can all say pretty safely that the players we have at Barnet for the most part are actually really nice guys aren't they
2: <clears throat> yeah 100% you've I think do you know what, that's the the thing that kind of surprised me most about the job was there was no one I disliked um, that it's just a really good bunch of, of people and I think it's kind of one of those cliched kind of manager things that when a player signs they go oh you know he's a really good person Martin used to say a lot you know he's a really good person first and foremost and that is so important because you've got to work with this guy day and down you've got to you know it's a big leap but kind of they kind of take him into the trenches metaphor so to actually have good people and i think you've got a nice blend there as well of kind of the the, the experience of nelson curtis etc and and then some of the younger boys um who can make good on their potential this season and guys like Uh, Simeon and, you know, David Tondou haven't either played at this level before, haven't played regular first-team football before. You know, there's a really nice blend there and they are genuinely a good bunch of people, so, and and led by a genuinely fantastic uh staff as well really great guys on that staff with rossi so
0: completely concur, concur with that i mean not just yeah, rossi but all, all the guys I mean, it, it all was, we've all worked off. there they're all they're all really nice guys to work with there, there's no one there who's got a chip on their shoulder because they work in football they are all really nice guys no. and if it was done on that alone then they'd
2: absolutely smash the league so you know here's to a good season
0: this is getting very wishy-washy so we will save us
1: no i i completely concur right. damn it will one job <laughs> they work. You know, the players were always a pleasure to work with and ross especially is you know a really top bloke so i wish him all the best for this season
0: fantastic i think that is a great note for us to to leave it there do we have an introduction do we just say who we are and crack on i mean um i've
2: not really thought about this at all
1: um <laughs> i mean staffy you've got to start doing it i reckon that's the injury. yeah i, I and think then, and then sort of be, do, you be Jim, the you be the jimbo yeah
0: yeah that's it okay. show him how he should do it so basically what we're saying is that this is going to be my audition for football weekly if i don't get the gig i'm going to blame you guys for you know showing me up in my big, big moment <laughs> yeah that's it. if i do get the gig you'll be lucky if i remember your names <laughs> <laughs>